Welcome to the Viva Young Adults podcast. We're the Young Adults Ministry of Viva Church, and we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're already a part of YA or a guest with us today, we hope that what's shared encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. How are you guys doing tonight? Good? Good. I'm really thankful to be here with you guys. Um, Pastor Phil asked me if I would uh, like to share tonight. And yeah, I just, I just want to say it's a real privilege to be here talking with all of you. Um, I don't take it lightly. So I really hope, I feel, I feel like God's gave me a word. And it's been for this word like for the whole year for me. And God told me this is going to be a year of purpose and destiny in my life and in, I believe, this generation. And we're going to really dig into that. We're going to be talking about dreaming with God. Dreaming with God. And I'm going to open up with these two scriptures, guys. And we're going to pray. But these are scriptures I think you've all heard before. And we'll read them and then we'll talk about them. Psalm 37, verse 4 and 5 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You guys have all heard that scripture, right? Yes. All right. Also, John 15, verse 7 and 8, it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. You guys have heard that scripture as well, I'm assuming. You know, I think we've heard that scripture preached many times, many times. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think it's, you know, it's been abused a little bit. It's been abused a little bit. It's, you know, and I think because of it's been abused, like people are almost scared to preach about it these days because people waver to both sides. One side, like that scripture, we should just take out of the Bible because it's not there. Well, no, God put it there. It's for us. And the other side is like, no, it's not like we have this uh, self, uh, like self-desire here, like ask whatever you want me to give it to you just for my pleasure, my will, do whatever I want. And we've heard that preached too. You know, so I really want to touch on these two scriptures and the whole message tonight is going to be based on these two scriptures. And because I really believe these two scriptures is an invitation from God for this time, for us, an invitation. So we're just going to pray and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit, guys, and we're going to talk about what it means to dream with God. Sound good? Sound good? All right. Father, I just thank you, Lord. We just welcome your presence, Holy Spirit. I ask for you to open our hearts, Father. Open our hearts to receive from you tonight. I'm here learning too, Lord. I just ask for more of your presence in my life. I ask to know you more, Lord. I thank for revelations of dreaming with you, Lord, as we find in your scriptures, Father. Lord, I pray that you help me teach this correctly tonight, that you speak through me, Father. That not one word falls short, Lord that I share exactly what you're calling me to share, Lord, exactly what you're calling me to speak, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. What does it mean to dream with God? I'm going to give you a couple examples. But God's called, God's called us to be dreamers. God's called us to be dreamers. Um, God's called us to be intimate with him in a place where we can dream with God how to change this world. God's called us to be co-laborers with him. God's called to be co-laborers with him. And I think sometimes, again, it goes so far the other way that out of the word of surrender, we crucify the already crucified man. 
I think God's called us to dream. God's called, there's so many desires that God's put on people's hearts that I've noticed they put away out of the word of surrender. But God's called us to dream with him. God's put desires on our hearts and, and we're called to have desires on our hearts. That's not a bad thing. We are created for that. Some examples of dreaming with God and people who dream is our pastors. Pastor Frank and Chris, look at our church. They dream this with God. And look at the impact it's had in this city in all of our lives. They brought impact because they co-labored with God. They co-labored with God and saw this vision. They saw this vision. They dreamed this. And look where it's brought us. And we see more increase in multiplication happening. And that's not a bad thing. God's called us to that. Sometimes we say, and I, I get why people say that, like, yeah, we, it's not about the numbers. It's not about the numbers, but more people's better than less. Like, like that's common sense. God wants, us to, God wants more people coming into his kingdom. God wants more family, more people in his body. And the pastors have dreamed that. Another example, guys, is, you know, I'm just thinking of, it's not just in the church either. Like, sometimes we have this mindset of church. God's given us all different gifts and abilities. And sometimes we focus just on the church, just on the ministry of the church. But there's so much more than that. I mean, thinking of, um, what's the Christian chicken place? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Chick yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Think about Chick-fil-A, guys. Think about Chick-fil-A. Yes, good, good. There's one coming to Oshawa. Yeah, it is coming to Oshawa. Amen, amen. Give it. Praise the Lord. Okay. But yeah, see, the, the people who created that are Christians. They dream with God, and that was the, it's the most successful fast food chicken place in the world. Why? Because they dream that with God. See, the world has, we have something the world doesn't. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. And they dream that, and they keep clo they're closed every Sunday. They honor God in that, and yet they have more business than the ones that are open Sunday. Right? See, God's called us to this. How many of you have seen Sound of Freedom, the movie? Most horrifying movie I've ever seen. And I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. It's, um, you're going to cry and maybe try to throw up watching it, and I encourage you to watch it. Um, you know what? They were dreaming with God, bringing that movie out. You know, it's about a child um, sex trafficking. And, you know, I, I felt like talking about it tonight. So I went and watched it this week, and I could barely stay in the theater. To be honest with you guys, I felt like I had to, like, leave and throw out. Not because it was, like, a bad movie, but because it was so heart-pulling. Why? Because I believe the presence of God was there. See, they were Christian... It was Christian-based, it was faith-based. The same people, uh, Jim Caviezel, same guy who did uh, The Passion of the Christ, he came and they did this to bring awareness to the world to expose what's happening in the world. See, God's exposing. Everything in the dark is coming to the light, guys, in these last days. And they partnered with God and they made that movie five years ago. But who knows that God knows when something needs to come out. It's in his perfect timing. It's in his perfect timing. No one would publish it. Hollywood wouldn't publish it. No one would publish it, but Angel Studios did. And they're the same people who did The Chosen. Talk about someone else who's dreamed with God and that's really impacted the world with that, that show, right? And yeah, they, they, the movie came out, guys, and it's only been in North America. It's been a second, like, not a big Hollywood. Hollywood wouldn't publish it. Angel Studios did, and they're not a big, like, production studio. Like, they're not supposed to have big numbers. It wasn't supposed to do good. Hollywood says it's not going to do anything. 
That movie beat Mission Impossible. It's only shown in North America. Sorry. It has over 100 million box office. I think it's up to 127 million now in the box office. That's not out of accident, shouldn't it? It's not even in all the theaters. The only one around here is Landmark Whippy. Only in select theaters it is, yet it's beaten all these movies. Why? Because someone dreamed of God, and God will land on that. The guy who produced it gave all the glory to God. He doesn't even know how that's even possible. And God's calling us all into something like that. All into something like that. It's pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. Proverbs 13, 9. So we're really going to break this down, guys, what it means to dream with God and how we can. How we can bring changes to the world. God's called us to bring changes to the world. We're not supposed to live a mundane life in the motion every day, every day, just doing the same thing. God's called us to bring change. If that be in our family, if that be in our workplace, wherever it is, God's called us to dream with him the dream with him. We're going to focus on our identity first, guys, because we need to understand that if we're going to dream with God. We are created in the image of God. We first must understand who we are. The Bible says in Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's Christ who lives in me, guys. We need to understand that God's called us. I like what you were saying. He doesn't need us, but he wants to have a, a co-laboring relationship with us. God's called us to relationship. And the word relationship is like, we're doing this together. Think about a marriage. You do it together. See, we're the bride of Christ. We're the bride of Christ. We're called to co-labor with him and how to change the earth. Sometimes we just sit there and just like, God, what do I do? And you just sit there and you do that your whole life and nothing ever happens. God called us to like be in that secret place with him. We're going to talk about that because really the key to dream with God is intimacy. And we're going to really go into that. But see, God's called us. God's called us to co-labor with him. Why? Because he made us in his image. God made us in relationship with him. And he wants to have relationship with us. He wants to talk with us and how to change things. It's funny because even, even Abraham, God talked to him and asked him what he thought before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He wanted that relationship. Abraham was known as a friend of God. Because of the blood of Jesus, we're all now called to be friends of God. There's only very few in the Old Testament that were, but we're all called to that now. We're all called to be friends of God. We were created to create. We're creative beings because we were made in the image of God. We're creative beings. Look at the world around us. When I hear people say we came from apes and we're animals, it's like, how could they build a skyscraper? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's just foolishness. Like, it's foolishness. Even creation says that ourselves. We look at it. We, no, other, no other being, no other animal, no other living thing can create what humans did, even unbelievers. Why? Because they still have that image in them. It's amazing how unbelievers have created the most amazing things like skyscrapers. Um, man, like these cities we see, these cement jungles. Like, I mean, we've created so many amazing things. We have a toilet to go to the washroom and we just flush down. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like it. it But imagine, imagine the surrendered vessel to God who has the Holy Spirit in them, how much more we could change this earth. See, sometimes we think like Jesus is just coming for like a rescue mission. 
to save us and get us out of here. Like, oh my gosh, no, we're supposed to rule and reign on the earth. We're supposed to rule and reign. We're supposed to walk in love. We're supposed to bring solutions to the earth. God's going to give us wisdom and solutions to bring to a broken and dying world. And God's called us to do that. God's called us to do that. We were created to have purpose and destiny. But it's not what you might think. It's not what you might think. You see, the world has a false sense of purpose and destiny. It are always short-lived. It's always about creation in this life and world rather than the creator and eternity. You see, we think purpose and destiny is our job, our career, what we even do for God. It's short-lived because it's only in this life that it is. It's not a real purpose and a destiny. It's false. It's a false sense. Our real purpose is to know him. Our real purpose is to know him. You see, everyone's true and ultimate purpose and destiny is to be in an intimate relationship with the creator. This is why we were created, and this purpose and destiny will never change throughout all eternity. It'll never be short-lived. It'll never, there's always more. I can always know him more and more. I get to know him more and more for all of eternity. That needs to be where our purpose is. And this is broad-scaling a little bit, because out of that, then our purpose and destiny actually are fulfilled on earth that we're supposed to do and called to do. But our main purpose is to know him, and everything else flows out of that. Everything else flows out of that. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to be really honest with you guys because I feel like the Lord led me to say this. And Sadly, there's a lot of Christians that don't feel like they have purpose and destiny. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's from a lack of intimacy with the Father. I know that from my own life, and I'm going to share my testimony later on tonight, but... Um, you know, we could be doing amazing things for the Lord. We can be doing all these, all these amazing things. We have an amazing career, amazing family and kids. But I, hear, I even hear so many Christians say, I lack purpose. I lack destiny. Well, it's because you lack knowing the Father. And it might be harsh, but it's not to condemn anyone. God wants to call us into that. God wants to give us purpose and destiny. God wants to know his people. He created Adam and Eve for relationship. And that got... That fell, and God's called us back to that, and that's our main purpose, is to know the Father. And I really want that to be the main focus, because through that, we're going to talk about how we're going to dream with God and change this world around us. Sound good? Okay. Dreaming with God is for the believer who is in deep intimacy with the Father. Dreaming with him on how to truly advance the kingdom of God here on the earth. It's a place where my heart and desires are completely lined up with his. We must understand we are one. Just the last thing about identity, guys, but John 17, verse 21 to 23. says, I pray that we will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity, that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. It's really interesting here. God's called us, we're one with God. We're one with him. As Jesus was one with the Father, we're one with God. We have the same position Jesus did on earth as, as he did as we do right now. Listen to this. May they experience such perfect unity. You know the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect unity? We're invited into that. 
we're invited into that perfect unity with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because we're one with them. And because we're going to be in that perfect unity, watch this, the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. God's called us to dream. We're in perfect unity with the Father, the creator of the heaven and earth and the whole universe. He knows everything, how to fix every problem, every wisdom, and we're in perfect unity with that. God's going to start giving you that exact wisdom too. You're going to start dreaming with him how to change this world. And you're going to start asking him, and he's going to say, yes, my son. See, God's really, you know, we look at those, we look at those uh, verses we shared at the start, and it's funny because we realize that, um, you know, we've seen the, the pendulum swing on those where people get a little off on their interpretation of them and what they truly mean, but God puts everything in his word. He corrects everything in his word. He makes it all fit together perfectly. Nothing contradicts itself. Without this unity and intimacy with the Lord, we live, we live a life talked about in James chapter 4. And this is where this, these verses about God will give your heart's desires, ask him for whatever you want, and he'll give it to you. This is where the Lord corrects it in his word, because he does correct it there. Watch this. James 4, verse 1 to 4. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you, don't, what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. And you want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. He corrects that scripture right there. Your motives are all wrong. And why are your motives all wrong? Because you're not, you don't know him. You don't know him. And I've been there. I'm going to share testimonies with you guys. And God's faithful. He'll correct your motive. You can ask him for something, and he'll start working on your motive. He'll start working on your motive and make it right. And then you'll see that fruit in your life. You know, it's funny. It said, friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Too many worldly pleasures will steal your intimacy. Too many worldly pleasures will steal your intimacy with God. I'm going to share a personal, like, testimony with you guys again. I'm going to share about video games. It's not a sin to play video games. I'm not saying that. This is my personal thing that God worked on me because it had something in me. I asked God something when I first got saved. I'm going to share a little bit later, but I got radically saved. And I'm like, Lord, all I want to do is serve you. I want to speak to people about you. I want to know you more and more. The Bible says, if I ask anything according to his will, he's going to give it to me. And I asked him that. He gave it to me, but I didn't realize the cost. I mean, it's just video games, but I didn't realize the cost. <laughs> I'm going to share a little story about you, about the video game. I, uh, who else played Call of Duty here? Yeah, yeah. I was that sweaty tryhard kid. <laughs> that uh, tried to be really good, and um, it wasn't. But um, I remember one, one day, I'm sitting in my room, and I'm like, I'm, it was Call of Duty Black Ops 4, I think. 
yeah, that game came out, and I'm like, oh, I want to play. I had on my I had on my PC, and I want to play. I want to play this game. And uh, I heard right in my spirit. He's like, you're not playing that game tonight. You're coming to spend time with me because this is what you asked me. And I felt that conviction before, and I kept just ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it. But God's so faithful. God's so faithful. I still ignored it that time. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I went on the computer. <laughs> I go to open the game. I was just playing it like the day before. Open it, just crashes instantly. Shuts down. Open it. I did like 13 times, I think it was. And I'm, I look up, really? <laughs> That's what I said to God. I'm like, really? And I heard he's like, you're not playing that game tonight. Loud in my spirit. Like, I heard it loud and clear. Like, you're not playing that game tonight. So I'm like, okay, Lord. And I went and gotten this. Did I want to? No. Absolutely not. But can I tell you something? The next, like, few months, I had some of the most encounters ever with the Lord. I got to truly know him. Why? Because he gave me what I wanted, what my heart truly wanted. Not what my flesh wanted. He gave me what my heart wanted. See, God's calling you to ask. And that's what these scriptures are saying. God's asking us to ask him. He says, ask for whatever you want and it'll be given unto you. See, he knows what our hearts want. But sometimes we ask what our flesh wants and you're not going to get that. Scripture's speaking to the spirit man, to our heart. And again, these are the two verses I really want to focus on and we're going to really break these down a little bit right now. But these are the two verses, as we shared before, that really invite the dreamer, the dreamer of God to ask him, to dream with him. You guys know King David. What was he known for? He was known as what? A man after God's own heart. It's funny to say it because the scripture where it says, Psalms 37, 4 to 5, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Who wrote that? King David. Hmm, so what's the key to that scripture? He was a man after God's own heart, right? Therefore, his desires are lined up with God's. It says, trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. You cannot trust someone you don't know. You cannot trust someone you don't know. He raised up them, David as king, to whom he also gave the testimony and said, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. It's funny because I really feel in this era, in this time, God's calling up King David's. God's raising up King David's. God's calling us in that same level of intimacy that King David had, the same heart position. And we're going to talk about what King David dreamed up with God. We're going to talk about it. Proverbs 16.9 says, A man's mind plans his ways as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. See, God's called you to dream. And this is, this is another good scripture to that. And I know I just really want to break this down. A man, I, I never saw it this way until this week, but a man's mind plans his ways as he journeys through life. But the, then the Lord establishes his steps. See, God gives you desires on your heart. I'm telling you, don't crucify them. Don't crucify them. 
Give them to the Lord. Trust in him and watch him establish them. If your motive's wrong, he'll fix it along the way. God's called us with purpose. We have something that, to give the world. And you're created. You're, there's only one you. And there's only something you can give the world that no one else can. God's called us to dream big. God's called us to dream big. So get alone with the Lord and plan your ways with him. With him. He'll establish your steps. He's called us to create. He's called us to plan. Again, John 15, next verse. John 15, 7, 8. First one we read. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father, see, we missed this scripture. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to me by disciples. He's saying that if I give you whatever you want, it's going to glorify my father that you bear much fruit. So obviously what you're asking is going to bear much fruit. I remember the one biggest ask God was for me. I'm like, Lord, just form Jesus in me. That's my heart cry. It's been my heart cry for two years. And I've seen God do it. I've seen God do it. I'm like, I don't even recognize who I was anymore. I'm like, what's happening? But what did it do? It glorified the Father. And it bared much fruit. And it proved to be my, his disciple. And God's called us to that. I'm going to connect these verses here. Hebrews 4, 12. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. There's a key to this whole thing. If my words abide in you, listen to this in Hebrews. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Here's the key. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires of our heart. When I'm in the word of God and I'm spending time with him and I get to know him personally, he purifies my desires through his word. And then I get unlocked to John 15, 7, 8. Why? Because his words abide in me. Because his words abide in me. There's so many things Christians have asked God for and they don't see it. Because his words don't abide in you. His words don't abide in us. This is why the word and spending time with God is so important. If you abide in me, we already know we're one with him. And my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And by this, my father will be glorified. Why? Because you're going to ask for nations. You're going to ask for cities. You're going to ask for souls. You're going to ask to know him more. And this isn't just like, oh, God doesn't know. God actually wants to bless you too. And we're going to talk about that too because we need to have a balanced message here. Because this scripture applies to that too, but to the surrendered vessel who's spending, who knows God. The word purifies your heart and desires. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How does he do that again? By his word. We only change the way we think by the word of God. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I'm telling you guys, God has a plan for you that you could not possibly imagine. 
but it's only in that secret place in his word that you're going to start realizing it and start becoming to you. Why? Because it's going to reveal the good and pleasing and perfect will of God for you. He had a plan before the foundation of the earth. He knew you and he knew what you were going to do and he knows what he has planned for you. And this is the night where I'm calling you to step into that. First John 5, 13, 15, Amplified says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, which represents all that Jesus Christ is and does, so that you will know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have eternal life. You already have eternal life if you're born again. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to. We're entitled to this, guys. Have before him that if we ask anything according to his will that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears us and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know that with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the requests which we have asked from him. God cares about what you care about. And again, I want to really understand this, guys, is that there's certain heart desires, too, that you might think, oh, that's just, that's not God, that's not God. I bet it is. You'd be surprised. I really went through that this year. I'm going to share something with you guys. God cares about what you care about. Psalms 31, 19. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. Why does he bless you before the watching world? To show you that his disciple, as we just read in 1 John. In John. Why is all this blessing coming on you? Because of God, my Father. It's not about self-seeking. It's about you being a witness to the world. Love's not self-seeking. We're called to be love. But because we've, it's been preached wrong, we go the other way and we say we can't, have, we can't have these desires on our heart and all this. No, God's called us to that. Psalms 37, 23 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. God cares about what you care about. I was doing tree work this week. And God, it's funny, because I was, I was preparing to preach about this, and he's really started, uh, I had an experience this week that even talked about this, and um, I, was, uh, I was doing tree work, and uh, it was on Monday. Do you guys remember that thunderstorm Monday? Yeah? So there was a thunderstorm. I'll be honest, guys, like, let me be honest with you, I underquoted the job a little bit. And I wasn't going to make much money if I had to come back the next day. Actually, I wasn't going to make any money if I had to come back the next day. And, uh, which is okay, but I got a little frustrated in the car by myself with the Lord, and I just, this thunder starts coming, it starts to rain and pour, and you know what, I, I was trying to, I command those clouds, peace be still, all this, you know, <laughs> as Jesus didn't, you know, in the boat, and can I tell you something, though, God really spoke to me, he's like, son, why don't you just ask me? And that, I am that, I'm, like, I'm like, what am I hearing here? And then I remember I was writing this message for the scripture, and I'm like, I was a little whining. I'm like, Lord, can you please just move these clouds so I can finish this job? 20 minutes later, it all disappears. The whole, the whole area, just sunny. Sunny. Our relationship with God is not a formula. And God's called us to 
command those clouds to leave and all this, but I was doing it out of a place of formula because that's what I've been told to do. I didn't see it move and I just got more frustrated. And how many times I've, I've done certain formulas that I just get more frustrated because I don't see anything. Why? Because it's lacking relationship. I had a moment with the Lord and I was honest and authentic with him and I was frustrated. And I see the goodness of the Lord leads people to repentance. The goodness of the Lord leads people to repentance. And I just asked the Father, like, can you please just move? I was frustrated. Can you please just move these clouds, please, so I can finish this job today. And I was like, I was really mad. And, but the, after he did that, I just like almost fell on my knees and repented. I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry I was frustrated. I'm sorry I was upset. I, I, my dad, I called him and I was really upset. <laughs> he can just testify. But I was, uh, and I just, I got down and repented to the Lord. Why? Because I saw that happen. I saw his goodness. I saw his goodness and I repented. And I just, God's calling us to ask him. The scripture says, ask whatever you want if my words abide in you and it's yours. And it's yours. And I asked him and it, it just completely disappeared. I like driving pickup trucks, if anyone knows. I know you guys know I had a Cadillac for a while. But um, <laughs> see, that was humbling for me. <laughs> that was humbling for me, okay? Um, I know I know it wasn't for you. I know, but for me it was. But see... God told me to sell my truck a while back. Why? Because there's something wrong in me. It was part of my identity. I built my identity around driving this truck, and I had this persona of who I was. So God took it away. He told me to sell it, and he blessed me. <laughs> he blessed me because I asked him, make me more like Christ. So that's what he's going to do. So he took my truck away, and he gives me a red Cadillac, and as some people called it, a grandpa car. And <laughs> so it was humbling for me. It was humbling. Like, I, I never drove a car, and, like, for my... Like, redneck persona I had before. I'm like, this, this is, listen, listen, this, this was humbling for me. But I still had desire, I still like driving trucks. But you know what? God, I had that car. I had that car for a while. I had that car for a while. And it took me all everywhere. And it was, I think, drove everyone everywhere too. And it was awesome. But uh, um, I still had a desire to have a truck. And honestly, I didn't pray for this. I didn't even ask God for this. My car broke down one day, and I was getting it fixed. I got it fixed anyway. And then I'm sitting in prayer. I'm actually, my dad's sitting in prayer, and then I, I, someone, my dad actually says, he's like, I just feel like someone's about to give you a vehicle. I'm like, what, really? I'm like, okay. Like, two minutes later, someone calls me and gives me a pickup truck. Someone calls me and gives me a pickup truck almost, almost a year and a half later after I got rid of the other one and had the car. Why? Because God cares about what you care about. And he says, I'm not giving you to because your motives are all wrong. But see, I abided in his word and he changed me. And he made it so when I had this truck, it no longer has that same effect on me. It no longer is part of my personality at all. And God's called that for you too, but it's only through that relationship with him that these things happen. Here are all these crazy testimonies like this. And it's like, I heard them too, I'm like, what? Why not? Because we think sometimes it's a formula, it's a formula, it's a formula. No, it's had a relationship. I didn't even ask God to give me a truck. I just got a random call and someone gave me a truck. Because God knows what's on my heart. And he's my father. Practically, what is intimacy with God, guys? Most important, it's spending time with him. It's being constantly aware of his presence. But it's that secret place. 
It's that secret place alone with him. It's in his word, reading his word, not reading it just to get head knowledge, reading it to know him. I always tell people when I open the Bible, I'm looking at Jesus' face. Because the Bible says Jesus is the word. So I'm calling you guys to spend time with God. I'm calling you guys to get in that intimacy with him and watch him give you a plan and a purpose. God's calling you to be alone with him. See, King David, as you guys know, was a man who dreamed with God. King David was a man who meditated on God's word day and night. His only desire was to know him more. Psalms 27.8 says, My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Lord, I am coming. See, that's God's asking you. He's like, come and talk with me. God wants you to come talk with him. And sadly, so many people don't. Because our lives are so busy with this and that and this and that. See, less is more sometimes. Less is more sometimes. You can, you can, you can do a lot more when you spend time with God in the little time you have left than trying to do it all by yourself. Actually, in fact, it won't work. You're going to be burnt out. You're going to hit roadblocks, walls. See, David dreamed with God. And this is really interesting. 2 Samuel 7, verse 1 to 7. Now when the king lived in his house and the Lord gave him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See, now I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. What's he saying? God didn't put that in his heart. He's observing. Why? Because he's a man after God's own heart. He's saying that I'm in this beautiful, nice house. Beautiful house. Probably one of the most nicest palaces ever in that time because he's the king of Israel. And God's living in a tent. There's something wrong there. And Nathan said, he's talking to Nathan the prophet here. Nathan said to the king, go and do all that is in your heart for the Lord is with you. See, God didn't tell King David to build him a temple. And this is the interesting part. It wasn't God's command to build the temple. David wanted to. David wanted to. And he said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And we, know, we know eventually that his son did it, but for him that's almost even more glorious back then, that your son had the opportunity to do that. But see, King David dreamed that. He dreamed about building God a temple that people could come and worship him. It was probably the most beautiful building ever. God's called us to do the same. He was a man after God's own heart. He was a man who dreamed with God. Look at what God's response is here. But the same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build me a house to dwell in? Have I not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt this day? But I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, why have you not built me a house of cedar? God's saying, I didn't ask this of you. I didn't ask this of anyone. But I created David, and in my servant's heart, look what I found. A man who wanted to build me a house. And God wants that heart in us. I'm telling you, it's the most fulfilling life you could possibly live. And God's blessing lands on that. Psalms 20, 21, verse 1 to 7. This is David talking. O Lord, in your strength the king rejoices, 
and in your salvation, how greatly he exalts. You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. For you meet him with rich blessings. You set a crown of fine gold upon his head. He asked life of you and you gave it to him. Lengths of day forever and ever. His glory is great through your salvation. Splendor and majesty you bestow on him. For you make him most blessed forever. You make him glad with the joy of your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord because he knew him. And through the steadfast love of the Most High, he shall not be moved. God wants this to be test- the testimony of his church. God wants this to be the testimony of his church. This was David's testimony, but he wants it right now to be our testimony. Who gave us our heart's desires, who crowned us with gold crowns. See, we're crowned as kings and priests. And we're going to lay those crowns in front of Jesus one day. But God's called us to rule and reign on this earth. See, my testimony, guys, I worked at Hydro One. I don't know if you guys know. I worked at Hydro One real quick. I, you know, I didn't, I was running from God and I always said I want to have a little fun, fun in my life first, but that didn't work out. I'm telling you, it's way more fun with God. I was working at Hydro One, making tons of money, bought a brand new truck, had a girl I thought I was going to marry, to be honest with you guys, and I thought that would bring fulfillment in my life. I thought that would bring fulfillment in my life. I broke my foot one day, and I was realized my life is a complete lie. A complete lie. And this is the quick story, but it is a complete lie. God encountered me in a hotel, and I got radically saved. My desire started changing. Why? Because I was spending time with God. You know what I asked him? You know what I dreamed with him? And I didn't realize I was doing it back then. But I was dreaming about talking to people about Jesus. That was my dream, was to talk to people about Jesus. I went through a time, about a year and a half, a year I just spent still working at Hydro. I knew I wasn't going to be there for long because I knew in my heart, the desire wasn't to be there. And I used to say, like, I never actually heard God tell me to leave Hydro. I just did because it was on my heart. It was my desire. I knew I wasn't, this wasn't what I was created for. There's nothing wrong. It just wasn't me. This wasn't what I wanted to do. This wasn't, and that, that's not a bad thing to say. Because I'm one with him. I'm in a relationship with him. I wanted to do his work. For some people, that's working in Hydro. I'm bringing a witness there. And Lord, I want to talk to people. But he wouldn't let me leave Hydro yet. Trust me, I wanted to leave very quickly. He's like, if you want to talk to my people, you're going to talk to people there. So I started to talk to people there. I remember I had the whole, I was sweating buckets. Listen. I wonder what being nervous, bro. Anyone knows that trade? Oh, boy. If I'm sitting in the middle of a room with a bunch of guys that are like, that need Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm telling them, like, yeah, I just got born again and all this. And I remember one guy's like, so you don't watch porn? I'm like, no. I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I'll be honest with you guys. Straight up, but like, and this is the reality. It was hard. He's like, if you want to speak to people, this is where you're going to start. This is where you're going to start. That was my dream. And I kept dreaming with God. I was going to speak with people. A year later, I left, I left Hydro. And I felt, I felt, also they're trying to ship me across the province, which that wasn't going to work. I love Viva too much. So, but, um, so I, I, left, I left Hydro and I went and actually started working at First Light downtown. What I got to do, I got to speak to people. I got to speak to people about Jesus. That's what it was all about. I got to speak to another 
different group of people, homeless people on the street who want nothing to do with Jesus, a lot of them. Drug addicts, demon-possessed. Whole different ballgame. <laughs> whole different ballgame. But I was dreaming with God. I was doing what I wanted to do. At times, I didn't realize that, but that's what my heart wanted. Sometimes it's hard on the flesh. I've seen guys die in front of me. I've seen, you know, I've had people threaten to stab me. I've had a lot of things downtown. And, and, but God, that's what I dreamed with him. And then I was sitting here writing this message. And I'm like, what am I doing right now with you guys? I'm talking about Jesus to you. I was dreaming with God. And I'm seeing it fulfilled in my life. And this is what's my desire is to tell people about him. And it started out of the job and now it's here. It doesn't, it does, there's not, the platform doesn't matter. I'm just doing what God's called me to. And it hit me. I'm like, you guys are a lot easier than Hydro and downtown. <laughs> a lot easier. But um, <laughs> something. <laughs> Listen, but my, my, my heart is like, I, I realize I'm sitting right in this message. I'm like, I've been dreaming with you for years. I've been dreaming with you for years. I had a vision of, I had a vision of, I'll be honest with you, I had a vision of me like doing this, but I put it, I put it away. I'm like, I'm not going to ever like, I never thought it, someone gave me the opportunity to like speak to you guys. I, I, I saw myself, I'm like, whoa. And then God just all flooded me this week. I'm like, I've been dreaming with you, Lord. I've been dreaming with you. And God's called us to dream and God's put desires on your heart. It's not about, it's not always about ministry and church ministry. It's about out in the world. It's about raising up a business that's going to change the world. It's about inventing something that's going to change the world. It's about bringing the kingdom of God into Walmart. That's what God's called us to. And you have desires on your heart, but those desires get purified in the secret place. And you don't even realize, but you actually start dreaming with God. There was a guy in our small group. His name was James. I haven't seen him in a while, but do you remember him, right? Cassie's friend? No? But there was this guy. Yeah, yeah. So this guy named James, guys, and his testimony blew me away. You know, he's a man who dreamed with God. He's a man who had intimacy with the Father, and his whole story, he came from, like, a really rough life. And I asked him, and he said I could share this with people, so I'm, I'm sharing it. I'm sharing it. And he had a really rough life, and, and he went through, uh, but he has a heart for, like, he works in the factories, and that's where his passion is. He loves, he loves working with his hands, and he loves telling people about Jesus in the same way. And it's funny because he went through a rough time even at work. He got persecuted. He got persecuted, and he had a desire to manage his own shift because he knew with the wisdom God gave him, the love God gave him, he could bring this company up and be a witness for God. And see, I'm sharing his testimony one day, like, and he was getting persecuted. He was getting persecuted big time at at, uh, at work, and I, those factory jobs, I can see you getting persecuted there, and, um, and it's funny, because then God, got, there was a position opening, and he went and applied for it, see, sometimes you got to take that step, if I didn't take that step and left hydro, I'd still be there, I'm calling you guys to walk into your dreams that God's given you, not your own selfish desire, I'm going to tumble that, tumble the dreams that you get in the secret place with the Lord, Look at this. James is now overseeing 300 people, 350 people a shift. They've become the best plant in North America and were awarded the best shift in the plant for fewest defects and highest numbers. His shift is renowned for positivity and encouragement, and many Christians are coming to nights because of their acceptance there. 
He says people dance on the shift. People are having a party while working, and they're the most efficient. Why? Because God's running that place. And there's joy in the presence of the Lord. There's joy in the presence of the Lord. God's called us for that too. See, James had to go through a rough time. He had to go through a rough time and get persecuted and all this. But it says those who decide to live a godly life will suffer persecution. I went through it a hydra too, but, it, you know, and it was hard. I'll be honest with you guys, it was hard. But now I get to talk to you guys about this, and there's no persecution here. And it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. God's called us to dream. God's called us to the secret place to dream. And I feel this prophetic word for this church, and I was reading Exodus. I'm going to share it with you guys. It's Exodus 36, verse 1 to 7. It says, the Lord has... These names are... Lord, help me. These lords have... (laughs) The Lord has gifted Beziel and Olahab and other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and ability to perform any task involved in building the sanctuary. Let them construct and furnish the tabernacle just as the Lord has commanded. So Moses summoned Beziel and Olahab and all the others who were specifically gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work They went to Moses and reported that people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command, and this message was sent through the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. God's calling us to a place in a secret place with God where we're going to dream, where he's going to anoint your gifts to do exactly what you've dreamed with God to do, and you're going to have so much blessing, it's going to be more than enough. It's going to be more enough that you have to say to stop. And it's not about just like, oh, God's going to give me money. No, no, you're going to more, it could be charisma. It could be anything, guys. But God's going to give you more than enough to do what you're called to do, to do. And I feel like that's what God's calling us to right now, in this year, is to get in that secret place and dream with him. And you're going to see the blessing of the Lord over your life to do what he's called to do. Why? Because it's going to be a witness to the world and it's going to bring people into the kingdom. And the joy in your life is going to be contagious. And it's going to bring people to God. And I believe, I I felt this in my heart so strongly when I was reading this. This is prophetic for right now. This is for right now. This is for this church to rise up. To rise up. God is looking for King Davids who will have their hearts aligned with God in the secret place of intimacy that will dream with him and dare to ask him for the desires of their heart. God is calling this generation, us, this generation to live a life of surrender and deep intimacy with him filled with purpose, divine dreams and destinies being fulfilled and ultimately revealing the heart, wisdom and glory of God to a broken world. I'll play keys, Jenny. Thanks, man. But yeah, so I just, um, God's called us to dream, guys. 
This is the last verse I want to share with you guys. It's Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask, dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. I'm, I'm daring you to ask him this today. I'm daring you to dream with him. And he's going to do abundantly, super abundantly, above all that you could ask, think, or dream. I, I never thought I'd be here speaking with you guys. I never thought this was even possible. Because it's not even me, it's Christ in me. It's the work within us. Ephesians 3.20, it says. According to his power that is work within us. What's that? It's his Holy Spirit. And God's called you to dream. And if anyone doesn't have purpose, I'm like, God's calling you to know him more. God's calling you to the secret place. God's calling this generation to change this city, to change this nation. Just the people in here, if we all just dream with God in the line, we could change the world. We could change the world. But it's only through the secret place. And God's calling, and this in the secret place is where your heart lines with his, where you become a man or woman after God's own heart. Where the scripture says, he'll fulfill your heart's desires comes true in your life. Where it says, you abide in me and my words abide in you. Ask for whatever you want and yes, it's yours. I am daring you to ask. I am daring you to dream. It is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. God's calling us not to be fools. God's calling us to turn to him. God's calling us to be in the secret place. I just want to have a salvation call. I wonder if there's anyone, and I like what Pastor Phil says because I can tell you something. You're going to have to confess Jesus to the world. People will know you're a Christian if you're in that secret place with him. So I'm not going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to ask you to keep your eyes open. I'm going to ask if anyone here doesn't know Jesus. There's no condemnation. This is the best decision of your life. I want to ask you guys to put your hand up. Is there anyone? needs to have a relationship with Jesus that doesn't yet. I'm telling you, it's the most fun life you could ever live. Most fulfilling life you could ever live. The creator wants to know you. Anyone? Amen. All right, guys, one more. You know, I said before, there's a lot of Christians that feel like they don't have purpose and destiny. God's calling you to know him more. God's calling you into a secret place with him where you're going to dream with him. And I wonder if there's anyone here that has given their life to Jesus and you have your salvation, but you don't know him like you could. And you know that. God's tugging on your heart right now. You know that. They feel like you don't have purpose in life. You don't have any idea of what's happening. You, don't, you could know him more. You could know him more. You're not spending time with him. I want to call you put your hand up too. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Father, I just thank you for the people who put their hands up, Lord. And I thank you for there's no condemnation in that. And I thank you for your love in this place, Lord. I thank you for revelations of your love. So when you truly taste and see the Lord is good and he loves you so much, all you want to do is be near him. So I just thank you for revelations of your love over their lives, Lord. Over their lives, Father. That you bring them to a place of intimacy that they've never, never experienced, Father. Give them the heart to ask, Lord. As I asked you to form Christ in me, I asked you to form Christ in them, Lord. I asked you, Lord, to bring them into a secret place, Father. I think that they're going to be mighty men and women of God. They're going to dream with you. And that when they stand in front of you one day, you're going to say, well done. Well done. And I thank you for their lives and I thank you for their courage, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. One more thing, guys. Anyone, I'm inviting you all to dream. And anyone who wants, I want to stand up invitation to dream like you've never dreamed with God before. Anyone who feels that, it should be everyone. Anyone who wants to dream with God more and more, and that's me too. Thank you, Lord. Put your hands out, guys, and just receive from the Lord right now. Holy Spirit, we just thank you and we acknowledge that your presence is here. And we love you, Father. Father, we ask and our heart cry is to know you more. May we know you more, Holy Spirit. May we become more like you every day. May you draw us into that secret place, Lord. Draw us into that place of intimacy with you, Lord. I do thank you for the invitation to dream, Lord. And our hearts say yes. Our hearts say yes, Father. You want to co-labor with us, Lord, and we say yes to that. And I thank you for these scriptures. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. John 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask me for whatever you want, and I'll give it to you. And I speak that over everyone here, Lord. May that be their reality, and may it bring you glory in the earth. May it produce amazing fruit, Lord, that brings a mighty revival, Lord, that brings people into your kingdom. I'm calling people here to step out, Lord. You've put desires on their heart. There's many people here that know you and are just need that one step, Father, that one step into what you've called them to and into what they've dreamed with you, Father. Give them the courage, Father. Give them the courage, Lord, to step into their dreams that you've put on their hearts, Father. And if motives are wrong, Lord, we thank you that you will correct those because you're a loving Father. Because you're a loving Father. We thank you, Lord, and we thank you for the invitation. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the message. We believe that we weren't meant to do life alone, so feel free to reach out by following and DMing us at Vivi Young Adults. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone you know.